Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave-She and host Brenda She-Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Hello everyone, I believe this is episode 62, but to tell the truth, I didn't check. So, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, this is Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, episode 62. Um, this is our second of the guest episodes, and this week we have a new guest, Colton. What's up? Hey, it's me, I'm Colton, and uh, I do way too many podcasts that uh, I'm afraid <laughs> if Brenda asks me about, I'm going to take about two hours to talk about all of them. Pick one of them so people can know kind of like what you talk about on your podcast. Okay. Well, like I said, I, I do a lot of podcasts, so it is hard to pick one. But uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and just mention one that uh, I actually had Brenda on as a guest for. And that is One Podcast Prevails, a podcast about Detective Conan slash Case Close, where my good friend Mike and I uh, basically get together to talk about the manga in particular um, I think currently we're like 24 volumes in out of the 80 that are now available in, in North America. <laughs> um, so we got a long way to go, but it, it's pretty fun. Uh, if you're a fan of Detective Conan or Case Closed, whatever you want to call it, that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, uh, go listen to it. It's very fun. And we had Brenda on as a guest a few episodes ago. So, you know, obviously, if you're listening yeah. to the show and you like listening to Brenda's voice, you can hear more of her voice on on that show. And ho hopefully we'll have her on again <laughs> in the future. Uh, we're, we're kind of planning yeah. things out, hopefully. So there's that. Oh, it was only a little bit awkward during that episode. But this <laughs> this is my home turf. This is where I live. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally get that. I, I, I feel I always feel so unprepared on like other people's podcasts, no matter like how many notes I take or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this uh, I don't know what to do. I'm not the one in control now. Exactly. I'm like nervous. It's like I'm visiting someone's house for the first time. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to wash this dish wrong. Because this isn't my home. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Your your, that, your brain goes through this. It goes through like 100 processes and be like, okay, what's okay? What's not okay? Um, uh, apparently, mm -hmm. I can curse. So, uh, uh, fuck shit, damn. There, I got it all out of my system. <laughs> yeah, we curse on this podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast for adults. Yes, uh, definitely for adults. Me and Austin stress this often that if you're not 18, do not listen. If you're a baby and you're listening to this, you better 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 put that iPod down. Do people have iPods anymore? <laughs> I still have mine. Um, they still make them. Um, I do not know anyone who has one. Well, uh, I still have mine, even though the battery life on it's pretty shit at this point. I think it lasts for like a couple hours at this point. It. So is it like a Nano? No, or it's is it, um, what? it's. I don't know what generation it is. It's not a Nano. I've owned a couple Nanos, and mm. every time I've owned a Nano, I've lost it or bro <laughs> or broken it. I don't know why my parents spent so much money on giving me on keep on having me keep a Nano. I feel kind of bad. I, I I'll have to apologize <laughs> to my parents later. I think one time, literally, I never. Yeah, no, I was going to say. I think one time, I I think it was my little sister who like was borrowing it and then just like dropped it in the toilet. So that was fun. Oh. Uh, and no. then I think my second one, 
I I had in my shirt pocket and I was literally on my way to the bus uh, when I was still in school, uh, the bus back home. And uh, I vividly remember trying to pull my because I think it was still attached to my headphones. Right. And I, I tried I tried yeah. pulling my headphones. And when I pulled my headphones, I was like, wait, my iPod Nano's not attached to it. And I just never saw it again. Uh, And then my third one actually got stolen from uh, by somebody at a a friend's birthday party. And then a few months later, Mm. my friend and I uh, did a little sleuthing around school grounds and finally found out like who took it. And we literally had to like confront them uh, after school one day. It was like, dude, we know you took my iPod. Give it back. And he's just like, "Okay, fine. It was just a prank, bro, or whatever. Um, well, so it's I, been a long time for it. <laughs> so I, I have I have had a lot of experiences with a lot of iPod Nanos, unfortunately. Um, I don't know which one I have now. I know it's a newer one. I think I literally mm-hmm. got it like used at like a GameStop or something for like a hundred bucks because <laughs> it was cheap. But yeah, I, I don't I don't use it as much anymore because I don't really listen to music on my iPod as much anymore. Now I just now I just listen to podcasts all the time because I'm at work and I actually mm-hmm. have the time to like listen to podcasts or whatever. But yeah. I've never owned an iPod. <laughs> were, were, were you a Zune person? It's okay. You, you. I w- okay, so <laughs> I had a Zune, the big brick. It was the one that was brown and green, okay. which is a great color combination. Uh, so I had the big brick of a Zune, which that thing could hold like just so much more music than an iPod could at that point. Mm. That was cool. The software, awful. Unusable. <laughs> Getting stuff on and off it was impossible. Do, do people- And then before that, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, do, do people still make fun of other people for having Zunes over iPods? I feel like that was a big thing like 10 years ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't I, I don't think anyone knows what a Zune is really Probably anymore because it did not <laughs> last that long. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just you have a phone now that has music. You don't have to have like a separate device, yeah. which sometimes feels wild to me. I'm like, oh, my phone just has everything. Um, before my Zune, I had this disney one <laughs> this thing is this thing is wild because it was just like a screenless usb stick uh-huh. with a spot where you could put an sd card huh. so you could have an sd card with like just tons of room for songs and you just loaded it up on your computer no software needed and just stuck it in this little stupid <laughs> usb stick <laughs> and it had like play pause and skip and shuffle and that's what I had before. And they were like 20 bucks. <laughs> so if I like broke one, I just took my little SD card out and I just like got a new one. <laughs> that's was great. That's pretty funny. Um, I think I had this like shitty little MP3 player that like was also a camera, but like like an actual like camera thing. So like I could take pictures with it. But obviously the pictures I took were like really shitty. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I had that thing for... I don't even remember when I had it, but it's, it, was, it was one of those things where, like, it's just this big, clunky, orange MP3 player shaped like a camera that I'm pretty sure costs, like, I, I want to say probably 20, 30 bucks. It was really cheap, but it could it could do a lot for 30 bucks, so I, I couldn't complain. So we watched a movie this week. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> this isn't the iPod podcast? No, we're not talking about iPods today. <laughs> We're talking about something that has nothing to do with iPods. We're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Specifically, let me make sure I get the title right. Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side of Dimensions from 2016. Um, Colton, I have some, some something to tell you first. Okay. When you suggested this film, uh-huh. I definitely thought it was 2010's um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Bonds Beyond Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
originally agreed to. <laughs> so I just, you know, like boot up. The, I rent this movie. I boot it up. I'm watching it. And I'm like, all right, well, when does the motorcycle kid show up? <laughs> And then, like, I'm halfway through, and I'm just like, okay, the schoolboy's not here either. <laughs> oh, I think I was wrong. <laughs> that's that's really funny. Um, oh man, you know, I when when we were talking about like, hey, what movies do you want to cover? Like, I I will admit, Castle in the Sky was the first thing that came up, and like, hey, maybe if we ever do this again, maybe I'll pick Castle in the Sky next time. I don't know, but. You know, uh, the, the more I thought about it and the more I went through, like, whatever movies I've watched recently, I was like, no, some I I feel like I want to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, we we dedicated so much time to it on my other podcast, Manga Mavericks, where we, we talked about the manga for, like, three hours. And honestly, that wasn't enough. I could talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! forever. So <laughs> I, I apologize. I apologize ahead of time if this episode turns out to be really long. <laughs> No worries. Um, so my experience with Yu-Gi-Oh! is like very slim. But watching this movie, which is the um, – it's an anniversary film mm -hmm. for the original Yu-Gi-Oh! anime series. I'm I did not write what anniversary it was. I'm very prepared. <laughs> um, I mean, if it, makes you, if it makes you feel any better, I don't really know off the top of my head either. I, I want to say it's the 20 – it might be the 20th anniversary actually because I'm pretty sure the manga started in like 1996. Yeah, that feels about right. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, you're right. It's the 20th anniversary Yu-Gi-Oh! movie. Um, and watching this, I realized I know a lot more about Yu-Gi-Oh! than I thought. Because <laughs> I was never confused. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I know who Bakura is. I know what his deal is. He's got the ring. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, Kaiba, I know that guy. And it's like, oh, Mokuba's in a little suit now. <laughs> so I... I don't remember watching Yu-Gi-Oh, but something in me knows who these characters are. <laughs> but 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 like in your heart, you know that you like know at least like maybe 10% of all of its lore, maybe. Yeah, I was never confused. Like they were like, Millennium Items. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, so, I don't know if it was osmosis or what, but I, I, I had a great time with this movie, actually. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that really says something because like, and I'm I'm not saying it isn't still, but like, do you remember when Yu-Gi-Oh! was, like, the biggest fucking thing in the world for a while? Yeah, I was so angry about it, because I was a Pokemon kid, and I was just like, <laughs> what do you mean Yu-Gi-Oh! has Pokemon's time slot now? Oh, I don't like this thing. Like, that was where I was at. Ah, uh, yes, the, the Pokemon versus Yu-Gi-Oh! versus Digimon Wars, the wars of, oh, this is just, like, Pokemon thing, I don't know. D D Digimon was uh, worse, I think, because, like, oh, they both have Mon in their name. They're definitely, like, copies of each other or something. I yeah, and they both I, I had, like, the monsters. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I I know I definitely thought yeah. that as a kid. Yeah, I so I didn't watch Digimon a lot growing up either. I just didn't have, like, Fox Kids at that point, so it just barely existed to me. I only watched the first season myself. I, I know I didn't keep up with it after that, unfortunately. I had, like, a second Digimon phase when it was, like, on Jetix, like, a Toon Disney. I started watching it just kind of like, oh, nothing else is on. Mm. And then I was just like, wait. I think this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I had a point where um, I didn't watch Digimon for probably over 10 years at this point. And then when I had when I still had access to like Jetix and Toon Disney or whatever, uh, they started airing mm -hmm. Digimon Data Squad. And I only watched it because it's like the, the, the dub had like a shit ton of like Naruto voice actors that I recognize. I was like, oh, I like Naruto. <laughs> I like these actors. I'll watch like five episodes of this and never again. 
<laughs> I've seen all of Data Squad. I was actually watching it as it was coming out in Japan mm. in three-part increments on YouTube. Uh, the only way to watch anime. It was probably the first anime I saw with subtitles, which is wild to think about. I think mine was. Huh. I think mine was Zatch Bell. Mm. I remember being very heartbroken that uh, Toonami didn't air all of it. Unfortunately. Yeah, I thought Zatch Bell was pretty cool. Z- Zatch Bell's good. I, I, I wish. I wish. I wish the manga would come back in print so I could read it. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. It's been out of print for a while. It's not only out of print, as far as I know, but I think the last mm-hmm. three volumes didn't get published because I'm assuming it probably wasn't selling very well. That and I think uh, Makoto Raiku, the uh, the author of the manga, had a lot of like uh, legal uh, nonsense to deal with with uh, Shogaku Khan. So he basically left the company and took the rights to Zatch Bell with him or whatever. So that didn't help. Oof. Yeah. No. Jeez. Yeah. Well, circling back around to Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. Dark Side of Dimensions, <laughs> which we've now determined is the 20th anniversary celebration film for the original manga. This movie this movie is really good, but the opening is like really dramatic for no discernible reason. It's like planets aligning and then like an explosion and then like <laughs> zooming in on Earth. And I was like, is this going to come up at any point? Like, is this about like, oh, we got to wait for the planets to align? Like... It's just very, like, dramatic for no discernible reason. Well, you know what? And then what? it just, like, goes to, like, Kaiba being like, all right, I'm going to do the thing. Like- well, well, you know what? Um, and maybe this is just because, uh, and I, I I won't give anything specific away, but uh, after watching the latest finale for Rick and Morty recently, I couldn't help but think, like, oh, is this, like, is is this like uh uh like one universe and like a string in like a string of like multiverses or something? Is that maybe what they're going with? I, I it's just a random thought that popped into oh, my head when I like watched this again. You know, I thought about that originally when I thought this was the crossover movie. <laughs> <laughs> when I thought the motorcycle kid was gonna show up and the school schoolboy was gonna show up, and then they just they never showed up. Were were, were you were you disappointed um, that this was not that? I was kind of relieved because <laughs> I I know of them, but like I don't know why they're on motorcycles, nor do I know why this child is going to school, dual school. <laughs> well, so so here's the thing. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get too into it because we could be here all day. But obviously, I I love <laughs> I love Yu Gi Oh so much. Uh, I've been into it ever since like oh I want to say two thousand and five. So. I was definitely like a fourth or fifth grader around the time I started getting into the card game and into the anime and everything. And uh, um, I mean, I I pretty much loved it ever since. I mean, I I will say I'm more of like an original Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Like I uh, I haven't seen like a lot of the spinoffs. I will say I think GX is really good. GX is the one that's like the close that's like the uh, like as closely related to the original as possible, because like I think. I, I think that dual school they go to in GX was founded by Kaiba. I think that's it. Mm, I'm not. Okay. I haven't watched GX in a while. Maybe I'm wrong. But, but, but they, but they also have like episodes where like Jaden and his friends will like just visit Domino City and like Yuki's grandpa's just there for some reason. Like the, they, uh-huh. they do do callbacks to the original series. And I, I know Pegasus is in GX too, because he like takes on one of the characters as like a like a, like an apprentice or something, which I thought was really cool. Um. So yeah, that one's that one's kind of related to the original. Five Ds is kind of the one of the furthest, like the further you go back. Like 
and you know what? People like to meme, you know, on it when it first came out, like, oh, it's just car games on motorcycles or whatever. And, and that was the meme back in the day. But like, I hear it's pretty good, actually. I haven't tried it myself, but like, I've heard good things. So like, I'm willing to try that one out. And then everything else, like I have, I don't really know much about, like, Zexel is is a mm-hmm. big blind spot for me. Um, Arc 5, I don't really know anything about. Uh, Vrains, um, I, like, I, I don't really know anything about the the rest of them but like if they're good maybe i'll try them out one day if i feel like it but like uh, f- 5ds is the one i'm kind of the most interested in because because again i i hear mm-hmm. it's actually like good or whatever but um i totally lost my train of thought and i don't remember where i was going with this but su- suffice to say i guess <laughs> I, I i love Yu-Gi-Oh! and when this movie came out i was so excited for it I forgot to, but I, I wanted to send you the trailer for it because I think the Japanese trailer for it in particular like got me really excited with like the really epic music and Yugi and Kaiba summoning their monsters and oh my I I couldn't tell you like how excited I was to see this movie. I saw this movie in theaters, I think when it came out here in like twenty seventeen. Yeah, I was watching this and I was like, this would have been really cool to see in theaters, like. Yeah seeing like duels on the big because i know there was a theatrical Yu-Gi-Oh film i know that um the crossover film and then like uh pyramid of light is that yeah. the other one was shown in theaters mm-hmm. um but i feel like this would have been the one to see the duel the duels are so like big scale and epic oh yeah like they look really impressive um mm-hmm. this would have been really fun like even me like i'm not a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan but this would have been really fun to see with friends in a movie theater so i'm glad you got to do that <laughs> oh my god yeah it was it was an experience because like the the thing about this movie like first off i promise you that this is 100 times better than either the crossover movie or pyramid of light um the crossover movie's fine <laughs> but it's it's just, it's like it's a crossover like it it's not really much more than that but it's still fun you know mm-hmm. um and Pyramid of Light, the less said about that, the better. Which is which is weird to say because I think Pyramid of Light, I think, was the thing that like got me into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I remember I remember that being a big deal, like, oh, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie in theaters. And I don't know if I saw it in theaters, but like I have memories of like begging my parents to like buy it on pay-per-view or whatever. So it was one of those things <laughs> where like as a kid if my if my parents bought it, bought it on pay per view, I would just watch it every time it was on for the whole twenty four hours we had access to it. Um, I I did I did <laughs> the exact same things when like Pokemon the first movie came out, uh, uh, Tarzan and Toy Story two came out. I watched all those on pay per view like so many times. It's it's really ridiculous how much I watch those movies. But um, yeah, this is this is like the best Yu Gi Oh movie out of those three and. You know, not just because, like, I think this is the best looking that the franchise has ever looked, personally speaking, um, but -hmm. but also, like, this is, this is basically an epilogue for the manga specifically, um, because uh, one thing that um, I think the anime changes specifically is that uh, when it comes time for Yugi and the Pharaoh's final duel, where the pharaohs finally like put to rest at the end of the series. Uh, in the anime, Kaiba's there to watch all of it, but in the manga, he's like nowhere to be seen. Um, I I I think you get like a panel of him like walking through the desert for whatever reason, but like he's not actually there to watch the final duel. So this is like I I think this movie's cool because like it's not just a nostalgic like cash grab or whatever when it could have easily been that. Um, but like it's cool because you know Kaiba wasn't there originally, so like. 
this is kind of Kaiba's chance to, like, finally gain some closure on, like, you know, the Pharaoh leaving and finally, like, come to terms with that, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking of, like, nostalgia, we watched the dub specifically, and the entire voice cast, almost the entire voice cast from the original anime shows up again. Um, This was actually made by, like, a subsidiary of four kids that still exist that was wild to me to find out yeah Um, i didn't know any part of four kids still existed so it feels nostalgic in that like this is it's not like watching a pokemon movie nowadays where it's like well everything has changed so much there's it's not quite as quite it doesn't feel as nostalgic as it could um this felt nostalgic because like you know yugi's voice actors back and Kaiba's voice actors back and like some of the music is like the original music from the show um so that felt very nostalgic too oh no yeah like I I think this movie does a good job of like being nostalgic but like that's not the only thing it has to offer you know like Mm -hmm. I I I think I think this is like a good epilogue for the series like it, it it plays on things that like you know, may have been, like, loose ends that, like, the manga didn't tie up, like, again, with Kaiba trying to come to terms with the passing of the Pharaoh, and then, um, uh, Shadi in particular, I know that, uh, if you read the manga, like, you don't really know what his deal is by the end, because, like, he, he just kind of pieces out, um, whereas, like, here, you, you kind of, like, have him integrated into the story, and you kind of, like, find out what his deal was, with him being kind of related to the, like, to basically to the main antagonist of this movie. Um, and also kind of, like, uh, ties back in with Bakora. Because you don't really know what his deal is also. Um, and also, like, I'm just going to say, I think Bakora got the shit under the stick by the end of the series. Because, like, you know, <laughs> he, he was kind of, like, the big bad that we were going to have to face off against at the end. But, like, uh, he was also kind of in the shadows, just kind of doing his own thing. So he wasn't, like super relevant until like the very last arc um and then when we find out like his backstory and everything and like basically how his entire village was like uh genocided i don't know if that's a verb um and basically (laughs) uh had all of his uh had all of his villagers like killed and like turned into these millennium items um the 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 Yu-Gi-Oh lore gets really dark in places I don't know if anybody realizes Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. is very dark. <laughs> like Yeah. Uh and then yeah, I mean the, I, I feel sorry for Bakura in particular because like outside of him being controlled by the Millennium Ring, he doesn't really ever get the chance to like just be his own person. He kind of spends like 90% of the series just being controlled by the ring. Like and he and he does all this like heinous stuff without him ever like being it being in control like like there's a good moment in the movie where like when we're getting uh his backstory between him and Aigami in particular and how like basically a possessed Bakura like kills Shadi and you know obviously Aigami wants to like take revenge on Bakura for killing Shadi but obviously like the real Bakura is like no hey like I totally I totally know how you feel like we can like mm-hmm. like they can bond over the fact that they both lost people that they love that day and like I don't know, it's just really tragic and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it just didn't really hit me the first time I watched the movie. But watching it again, I was like, oh, that actually is really sad, you know? Yeah, I feel like they kind of like, you know, brush Bakura aside in this movie, too. Like, there's yeah. like, is that like that moment that you talk about where like the villain diva is confronting Bakura about this awful thing. And then Bakura just disappears again. 
and that that's the end of that. That's as far as we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like that for most of the series, unfortunately. Like, he has a pretty good first showing in the beginning, when, basically when the manga was mostly, like, just Kazuki Takahashi wanting to, like, uh, feature all these games that he liked playing because he is uh, what you would call a gamer. Um, he loves games. <laughs> that's his thing. Uh, and when Bakura first shows up, like he he basically traps Yugi and his friends in like this D&D-esque kind of world where they're all literally like D&D like characters and stuff. And they have to like win a game of D&D to like make sure they don't like steal their souls or whatever. Like it's, you know, like I think he has a pretty good showing in the beginning but again from there until like the final arc like he's mostly in the shadows being like oh i bet you can't wait for me to be relevant one day like just just wait i'm doing i'm doing all the interesting stuff in the background while you watch everybody <laughs> else do their own thing or whatever it's weird let's get to the plot of what this movie is um oh so basically the plot is <laughs> is a lot um yeah it starts out with like kaiba who really wants to have his own final battle with the Pharaoh. He's trying to find a way to like reconstruct the millennium puzzle and bring the Pharaoh back so he can duel him. Um, he really wants this very badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so badly. It's, it's his entire life oh, at this God. point. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of homoerotic. <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> it's very subtle. <laughs> I, I I think that's another big reason why people still love Yu-Gi-Oh to this day. I would say. Anyway. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading my notes. I'm bad at taking notes. <laughs> I have a note in here that says um, the Pharaoh and Yu-Gi feels very gay. They broke up. <laughs> so I mean, like, th there's even a bit where like um, Yu-Gi and Joey and Taya are all like walking home from school or whatever. And, like, even Yugi, you know, basically talks about, like, his final fight with the Pharaoh. Yeah. And, like, the, the the way he makes it sound, like, he makes it sound like he just got out of a bad breakup, you know? Exactly. He's like, it was better for both of us. You know, like, we went our separate ways. It's done. <laughs> and then he's just like, but I just feel, like, empty. And I'm like, God, <laughs> this is a breakup. <laughs> There's no other way to construe this. Oh. <laughs> Man, if, there, if there's anything Yu-Gi-Oh's not, it's not gay. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I'm reading my other notes now. Oh, one of my notes is Kaiba's new dual disc is very complicated. Yeah. I don't really under understand how it works and why it's better. Yeah, I, you know, maybe it's my nostalgic talking, but I, I prefer the, the classic dual disc, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's just me. I mean, it just seems like it has a purpose. Like, that's where your cards go. But the other one has, like, all these, like, hollow screens. And it looks cool. So that's neat. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot darker and it's a lot rounder. You know? I, yeah. I'm not saying it looks bad, but I, it, I just don't know if it's really my preference personally. It feels very Tron Legacy. <laughs> opposed to the original Dual Disc, which is original Tron. Yeah, that, actually, I, I think that works. That's the that's the metaphor I'm going with. <laughs> so there is a new student at Yugi's school. Yugi is after the Pharaoh has left him. Yugi is just back in school and all of his his buddies are there and they're having a good time and they're going to school and they're about to graduate oh, from man. the school. There is a student that they don't remember and his name is Eventually it's Diva. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think his alias is like Aigami or something. Aigami. 
Yeah. Diva's easier to remember than Aigami. That's fair. <laughs> um, I, I also like the bit where, like, uh, they're, uh, they're talking amongst themselves and they get into the classroom and Joey sees him and uh, he's trying to remember who he is. And uh, and I, uh, I, I like the bit where, like, Joey's like, am I crazy? And then Tristan's like, no, you're just dumb. God, I love Joey so much. I love Thank you. Dub Joey. Holy sh- you know, so much. <laughs> I, I I could go on about Joey, but he's he's my guy. I love him. You know, like I mm-hmm. I genuinely have a hard time deciding whether he or Kaiba is uh, Kaiba is my favorite character. I like them bo- both. Are good. I like them both. <laughs> they're both like they they're both just to- totally like different characters. Yeah. Um, they both fill their own niches. But Joey, watching this, I was just like, yeah, God, Joey's great. <laughs> oh, th- this this dude, this dude would rather polish his dual disc in class than take his final exams. And you know what? I feel that, actually. I feel that on a spiritual level. Yeah, it's like, you know, you're graduating. What are you going to do? You're going to duel. So polish your dual disc. <laughs> like... I got to get ready to play card games uh, for the rest of my life, you know? For the rest of your life. When they revealed he was in the dog suit, I like lost it. And I do know what that's a reference to. I have seen that episode. <laughs> okay, cool. Because, yeah, I I don't know if it didn't, like, hit me until this watch. But, like, yeah, I I totally forgot that there was a point in time where Duke Devlin had him in a dog suit. I I forgot. Yep. I, I forgot that, that, hey, that could easily be a reference. Um, uh... Actually, I, I hate to to- I hate to keep interrupting us while we're trying to like describe the plot of this movie, but like I I, I have to talk about this. So um, yeah. So Br- Brenda, do you have any idea who uh that clown guy is that show up uh during that scene is? That I did not. So no, I did not. So know are, who are that you was. ready for me to blow your mind? Yes, I'm okay, ready. So that clown and it to be fair, it it took me it took me until my actual first read through of the manga to realize this. Um, that clown is Duke's dad. No. no yeah that that is that is his actual dad um and so th- this is the weirdest change that the anime made so I, I i don't know you said you watched that episode but i don't know if you remember any of this stuff so um there were like three separate like plot lines that happened kind of around that portion of the show um i think before before the one you were talking about uh there's this whole plot where like uh, this this random little girl comes up to Yugi and wants to duel him, and it turns out that like she's the granddaughter of Yugi's grandpa's friend or whatever. That I guess they they, mm. they got trapped somewhere while they were uh like t- busy doing their archaeology. Uh, I can't say that word Arche- archaeology. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and like I, I there, there's this whole like thing where like they have like a grudge against each other or whatever, and then they like patch things up or whatever. Uh, and then you have the Dungeon Dice Monsters uh, plot line, which is where Joey wears the dog suit, and that's where Duke Devlin comes in eventually. Uh, and then there's there's another bit where um, eventually the rare hunters get introduced, which work for Merrick or whatever, for Battle City. Uh, and Yugi mm-hmm. eventually has to duel Bandit Keith again, another reoccurring character that everybody loves. Um <laughs> and there's this whole bit where like basically it gets to a point where like uh the millennium puzzle is like chained to like the duel arena and yuki has to like pull it out uh before he basically burns to death and then joey has to like free him um oh my god so you also want to know what the really weird thing is uh all of that stuff happens originally in the manga within one arc 
one arc. Yeah, so they they basically took Duke Devlin's arc and like split it up into like three separate like filler plots, basically. Oh my god! Be- because the whole thing basically That's... is that uh, the, the clown guy is somebody that like Yugi's grandpa beat in a game or whatever, and so he basically has Duke uh, basically fight Yugi in a game of Dungeon Dice Monsters to like try to get his revenge on Yugi as his way of getting revenge on his grandpa. It's like a whole big oh thing. My god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I know that's probably a lot to take in, but like. I was reading the manga a little while ago for my other podcast and just thinking like, man, I really wish, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to pretend I know everything about like the production of the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. So maybe there was a reason they had to like split all that stuff up. But like, I really wish they could have just done that arc straight because like that arc in the manga I thought was really good. And actually like, I, I think is like a really cool arc for Duke in particular because like, you know, he basically only fights Yugi because his dad wants him to, and then he learns to, like, make his own choices and, like, break free of his dad's control. Um, and the the reason that, I think, I think it's applied that the reason they're working in the mall in the movie is because uh, eventually, like, their game store, like, burns down. So, like, they're basically oh. homeless. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's why they oh, have to no. work in the mall. Again, there's a lot of lore in Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, I'm not sure if you know this. <laughs> I'm learning a lot, so... I, I hope I hope this is interesting to anyone else besides me and Brenda. I, I'm sorry if it's not. Oh, I know a lot of my friends really love Yu-Gi-Oh, so... So I hope they, I hope they get a kick out of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> they're gonna be like, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're gonna be like, but Brenda doesn't, doesn't like Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I'll wait till they get a load of me. So, there's... Diva, he's like this new, this kid that they say has been around, but no one remembers him. Um, thing about Diva's design is that he feels a little more modern Yu-Gi-Oh than the other characters do. That could just be me. No, I, I could, um, I could see that. Like honestly, he he feels like he feels like he was kind of plucked out of like the five Ds era. Honestly, yeah, um, just like the big gold eyes and then like the kind of bluish hair with the. With the spikes. Like, I know Yugi has wild hair, but if you look at, like, some some of the other characters kind of have wild hair, but, like, you know, Joey's hair is just blonde, but it's just, like, kind of a weird shape, and, like, Tristan's got, like, that that horn. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's supposed to be a pompadour. Somebody- so, It looks like a like, horn. Like somebody pointed that out to me, and I was like, I guess that makes sense, but I don't know if I see it. It's a horn. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but, like- Yu-Gi-Oh does have this weird thing where like yeah some of the character designs in the original look pretty wild but like the like the further the franchise goes on and like the more incarnations and spinoffs we get everybody's design just gets more angular and pointy it's just it's it's really weird yeah they gotta keep like adding more like hair colors in like one character design and like more spikes and uh so it's definitely evolved yeah that's what I'll say yeah for sure so that kind of Diva kind of stood out to me just because he looks a little more modern, which makes sense because he's a brand new character. Yeah. So, um, but he just kind of stood out to me a little bit. Um, so he is, and I might want you to explain oh, okay. this because I I know the gist of what his deal is. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have you explain it because I know the gist, but I am gonna botch this. Well, well here so. I I, I, I want to hear how you explain it, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll correct uh, you as you go on. Okay, Pop quiz. So, He's 
All right. So he's got this cube. Uh huh. Um, he's got a cube, yeah. and he is the disciple of Master Shin. Mm-hmm. I wrote this down. Um, and he wants to bring about the power to reunite reality with a thing called the Plana. Yes. <laughs> that involves Yugi something. Yeah, it's... <laughs> That's all you know, You know, rewatching this movie, I couldn't help but think, like, do I understand what Aigami is... What his plan is? Because, like... I feel like it's very vague up until the point mm-hmm. when we do get his backstory and how Bakura's involved. Um, I mean, I if I had to try and interpret it and explain it the best I could, because even even I kind of had a little trouble kind of like keep up with it, honestly. But like, if if I mm-hmm. had to give it the a good the good old college try, I would say that his thing is basically because Shadi or Shin or whatever you want to call him, um, both names are fine. Uh, he he basically tries to explain to him and his friends as kids that like that basically hate is bad and you shouldn't hate people. Um, but but the very I- Star Wars basically yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the ironic thing is that like you know the Aigami uh, is on this whole quest of revenge to basically get back at Bakura for killing Shadi, even though that wasn't really him that did that because he was possessed or whatever. Um, and ironically, he let hate consume him, essentially. Uh, and I, I think that that's the thing that, like, really kind of clouded his judgment as he decided to, like, basically get rid of all the evil people in the world. Um, again, I, I feel like I feel like his motivations are kept so vague throughout most of the movie that it's kind of hard yeah, to keep and up, the- admittedly. Then. There's like a point towards the end where then it's like, well, the fair if the pharaoh shows up, we lose our power. Which I was like, all right, I'll go along with that. <laughs> like, I mean, like, sure they'll lose their power, but it's not like it's not like you guys are gonna die. Like everyone's fine. Like you'll, you'll be fine. You just won't have your cool powers. Which yeah. I, which I know is kind of kind of sucks and it's kind of inconvenient because those powers are pretty cool, I guess. But like, you'll be fine. Besides that, I think. Is it worth murdering someone to keep them? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Like th- there's a point where like uh, Aigami's sister comes up and is like, "Oh, what are we gonna do if the Pharaoh comes back? We'll lose our powers." And then Aigami's literally like, "Well, not if he doesn't have a vessel," implying that I'm gonna murder this teenage boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking murder Yugimoto. <laughs> That was another thing that didn't really hit me the first time I watched this movie, but watching it a second time, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to commit murder. That's Yeah, and hard, he also almost kills Joey at one point, so. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Joey. Joey. I was like, if Joey fucking dies, I'm done. I'm just <laughs> going to be like, Colton, I can't. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a really fucking bold move in this, like, 20th anniversary movie. Yeah, welcome to Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Side of Dimension. Someone's going to fucking die. Who will die? Who will live? It won't be Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, that would have been so fucking crazy. I would have been like, no, he's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, what else happens in this movie? There's lots of dueling. There's a duel with Diva and Kaiba Mm -hmm. earlier, like earlier on in this movie, where Diva just keeps uh, summoning the card 
V-jom. Yeah. And like multiple times. And in my notes, I just wrote, oops, all V-joms. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he, 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 cer- he certainly loves the card V-jom and anything to do with V-jom. It, it's, it's almost like the he, way he che- it's almost like he has a yeah. theme deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also a pandemic dragon in this movie. That was a lot to think about. I was oh, like, oh, yeah, I, you know. Pandemic Dragon hits a little differently. Also, did you notice that like Pandemic Dragon just sounds like an elephant? It's yeah, it was like kind of like an elephant sound, but also kind of like a weird scream. Like it wasn't disguised. It wasn't disguised enough to not make me think of an elephant. Yeah, maybe that, maybe I'm thinking of like when he attacks because he attacks and he like shoots like a literal microscopic p- part. Of- you you could, you, you, you could say it, Brenda. He he shoots the coronavirus at him. He shoots. It looks like all of the illustrations you see of the coronavirus, except it's red, and it sounds like that attack makes the sound of a scream. Like it's kind of haunting and weird. Yeah. Um. I I was not expecting parts of this movie to hit differently in our in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. Yeah. I was just like, oh, 2016 Yu-Gi-Oh! If only you knew it was coming around the corner. <laughs> it's it's a good thing Ka- Kaiba didn't use his virus card. Yeah. Oh my god. Kaiba just rolls up to this battle with like a whole like pandemic virus themed deck, and it's just like. I mean, oof. I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I think that I, I, I think he kind of like does away with it the later the series goes on. But p- p- part of his strategy in the beginning was just. Oh, I have this trap card that'll literally make, like, all but a few of your cards unusable or whatever. Oof, Kaiba, come on. Chill out, man. I, I'm going to venture a guess that that card is banned and no one can use it officially in tournaments. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Ka- Ka- Kaiba does duel D.Va, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but but they basically stop their duel as soon as Kaiba has all the pieces of the Millennium Puzzle. Uh, Aigami grabs a piece of the puzzle just in time. Uh, Kaiba takes his stupid space elevator all the way to space. To, 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 <laughs> you can't make this shit up. Um, no. To, to put the puzzle pieces together and then his computer's like, hey, we don't have the rest of the pieces. And Kaiba's like, I gotta go all the way back down the earth and come back. Gets in his little elevator again and heads back down. Um, his brother, Mokuba, is in a tiny suit now. <laughs> like, Yeah, he... He got he got a tiny bit of a glow up. He, he he looks he he looks like six months older. I actually don't know how long it's been since the ending of the manga and this movie. I'm I'm I can only assume like maybe a year, S- especially yeah, since so like they're still in school and like just about to graduate. The dub specifically I was reading is a year. That sounds about right. Yeah, I rented this on Amazon Prime, and yes, I don't like Amazon, but <laughs> Amazon Prime comes with trivia, which is very useful for this type of thing. Oh, did you did you happen to write any of it down? Um, I can just bring it up really quick and have them all here. Another cool one was that the creator of the manga, um, animated a scene. Yeah, I, or did the the keys? Yeah, I can I can tell you which one. It's uh, it's specifically it's specifically when Yugi gets that new dual disc, puts his cards in, and the in the dual disc transforms. Yeah, that that's specifically animated by Kazuki Takahashi himself, which. Is kind of fucking amazing, honestly. It's pretty good. It looks great, but at when I saw it, I was just like, "What's happening? This, this is different." <laughs> like immediately, you can tell because like the animation quality just goes up to like a hundred, and you're just like, "Wait, 
this is different. <laughs> yeah, it looks like jarringly different than the rest of the movie, but again, it's it's still pretty good for like up for like a 10 second piece of animation or whatever that one guy did, you know. Yeah, totally. It it does look great. All right, I'm bringing I'm bringing it up. Watch Yu-Gi-Oh. This movie, while I'm looking this up, this movie would have been cheaper for me to buy on DVD if I hadn't waited till the last possible second. <laughs> it was $5. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I think I rented it on YouTube for like $3.99. Ooh. Y- y- YouTube's kind of my go-to place to rent movies because they have a lot of movies on there you could just rent. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, I, I, of course, have this movie on Blu-ray. Um. And I, a uh, fun fact is that when they released this movie on Blu-ray originally, uh, they did not have subtitles specifically for the Japanese track. Um, so, oh, so that's my pet peeve. So, so they they actually did like a recall thing where like if you send in like, uh, like your like your receipt or whatever from your purchase uh, and like photos of your set that like they'll actually send you like a replacement disc with Japanese subtitles on it. So now I technically just own two copies of this movie, and that's fine with me. Wow, that I'm glad that they did that because that is a big pet peeve of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of my Conan DVDs are like that, well, like where like there's the dub and then there's the Japanese track, but you get the subtitles for the dub. And they don't have subtitles for the Japanese version. Okay, so the, I have two different kinds. Oh, oh <laughs> of my okay, Conan, okay, okay. My case closed DVDs. There's one. Where it only has English subtitles for the dubs specifically. Okay. And then there's the newer releases of them. So like the the value ones that you can find pretty easily. Um, Those only have English subtitles for the Japanese version. Ah, okay, Um, okay. Like so English subtitle, like an English translation of the Japanese. So you don't get an English uh, subtitle track. Yeah, you don't, you basically don't have captions for the English dub specifically. Yeah. Yeah, which drives me crazy because I, I always have captions on. So I'm like trying to specifically watch the dub and the subtitles are just like the Japanese audio. And I'm mm. like, no. You know, like that doesn't bother me personally because like I'm 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 not one of those guys. But where I'm just like all dubs are bad or whatever. But I do just kind of <laughs> go. I just I just go to the Japanese track just because that's my default. But like I, I, I could understand like why people would want both. Like, I, I think that's valid, honestly. Yeah. All right, I have the trivia. It's first trivia, the 20th, an- this is the 20th anniversary film. Okay. <laughs> so we're right. <laughs> um, there's a new dual disc in this one. That's trivia too. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Wow. It creates solid vision holograms from the user's imagination. That whole thing was wild, where like Kaiba like creates like, a fake version of the pharaoh that he can duel. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of feels pretty gay. He he, he, he had a <laughs> he had a lot of trouble replicating replicating his hair. His perfectly coiffed hair. <laughs> that got me good. You know, I we we're talking a lot about the dub, but I I do just want to say, um, mm-hmm. so so um. You know, I, it's it's kind of weird because um, I remember how big of a deal it was when, um, and I think at this point you could watch all of it, but Crunchyroll just has all of Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japanese, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Uh, like, like uncut and everything, which at the time was really cool. And it would have been even cooler if they uploaded uh, more than five episodes a month. So you can imagine how long it took <laughs> for them to upload all 224 episodes. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, like watching through a good portion of the of the show in Japanese now, like 
Not saying that I, I don't like the Japanese voice cast. I think they do a good job, especially Kenjiro Suda as Kaiba, because his voice is just just kind of hot. Honestly, I'm just gonna say um, he 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 is Kaiba. Like, there's no one who can. There's no one else who can voice mm-hmm. him except for Eric Stewart. Eric Stewart does a good job. Um, I, I think both him and Suda really own the role of Kaiba. Like, it's really hard to imagine anyone else like taking on those roles. And I will also say that the dub for this movie. I, I think it's actually really good. Like obviously it's it's a little yeah. it's a little punched up here and there, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. it it holds itself back more than the original Four Kids dub does. And you know what? I don't really care for Four Kids personally, especially not after what they did the One Piece, but like, you know, <laughs> the, the the Four Kids dub for Yu-Gi-Oh, it I think it could have been worse. Like yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think it's the it's worst watchable. dub in existence, you know? It's not the four kids dub of One Piece. <laughs> no, there's very few things that can beat the four kids dub of One Piece, which I definitely didn't watch religiously as a kid. <laughs> you know, it's like how everyone tends to like, you know, four kids took the guns out of the Kaiba security guards hands and people tend to focus on that stuff. But like overall, like it's still incredibly watchable to watch the original Yu-Gi-Oh dub. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially this dub. Yeah. It's not like the Deke Sailor Moon <laughs> dub which is unwatchable you know i watched a, i i watched a little bit of that out of curiosity and like maybe i have to watch more of it it wasn't like as bad as i thought it was gonna be but it definitely felt pretty hokey in places you know mm-hmm. um also and also i get that's what the time yeah yeah also speaking of guns uh i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't help but think when when they're in the tomb and like Kaiba yes. and Aigami are facing off and you have one of his guards just points a gun behind his back, I couldn't help but think mm-hmm. like, man, if this were still edited by four kids today, that gun would not be there. I thought of that too. Like when I saw that happen, it was just like, oh man, this is you got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this isn't your dad's Yu Gi Oh. Oh man. No, I had the exact same thought. I'm glad we were on the same page. <laughs> Oh man, um, I'm trying to think about what else we haven't covered. Um, yeah, let me go back to my notes. Oh, I have in here. Where the fuck did Manny get the fucking ring? <laughs> That's a note I took. <laughs> so I thought that at first, but there there is a bit where like he is actually standing where like uh, all the Millennium items like fell through, and like oh, th- yes. th- there is a bit where he does see the ring like buried underneath the rubble, like a- after that first duel. Okay, cool. I must have missed that. <laughs> no, that that's 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 fair. That that is, it is a very easy to miss moment if you're not paying attention. So my next note is Tia's bazongas. <laughs> that's not helpful, Brent. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like her chest is a little bigger in this movie. Just a smidge. Just just, just a bit. <laughs> just I, I think bit. it just makes me think of um, little Karibo did this really funny edit of that scene where she's coming down the stairs where like. He just, he added a bunch of, like, uh, balloon rubbing sound effects. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and and, and he's, ru- he's ruined that scene for me, because every time I watch that scene, I, I, I just, I, I imagine those sound effects on my own. It's just like, ah, oh, this is just ruined for me. I'll also think, an- another thing about, um, yeah. about uh, another thing about Taya is that um, her, um, th- some, something else that's carried over from the original is that, because uh, in the beginning she has this dream of like becoming a dancer and going to New York to do dancing. And like, that's carried over in this movie, which I think yeah, is pretty cool. She does it. Yeah. Oh man. It, I, I remember, 
there were a lot of points in this movie the first time I watched it where I was like, oh, it's oh, all my kids, they're growing up. I watched them grow up. <laughs> and, and, and definitely that last bit where like they're watching her fly off is just one of those mm-hmm. like, oh, they grow up so fast. Yeah. I raised those kids. <laughs> and Yugi wants to be a game maker. Which is not surprising. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, apparently, there is a piece of, um, I guess you could call it official art, or it's a Kazuki Takahashi hangs out a lot on Instagram, apparently, mm-hmm. and he oh. he does do a lot of his own drawings, uh, and he 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 did a cool color illustration of like Yugi and Kaiba like playing the game that Yugi makes eventually. Aww. I I think you can like look up like basic rules on how it's played. I remember it being kind of like kind of silly, but like. It was just kind of cool. It's like, oh, he made his game. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kaiba and Diva fight each other. Yes. Um, while Kaiba's trying to get the pieces of the Millennium Puzzle. Yes, yes. Um, Diva takes two of the pieces. He keeps one, and then he gives one to his sister. Mm-hmm. And then his sister turns around and immediately gives it to Yugi <laughs> without hesitation. Yep, yep. Um, Diva eventually like confronts Bakura... And then he sends Joey to, like, I don't even know where he sends them. His memories that I guess are, like, disappearing until, like, he eventually disappears. But he eventually gets out through the power of friendship. Because that's just kind of what Yu-Gi-Oh! is all about. (laughs) And if you haven't accepted it at this point, that I don't know what you're doing with this franchise. Um, The heart of the cards. Heart of the cards. He (laughs) he almost says it at the end of the movie. Yeah, he eventually gets out of there. Um, There's a bit where, like... Kaiba eventually finds Diva and just like sends a SWAT team after him and puts like a deprivation mask on him. And I'm just thinking like, man, it is really scary what uh, Kaiba, a man with all this money, can just, he can just kidnap anyone he wants. That's kind of terrifying. And thankfully, I guess he's chosen that he just really wants to play a card game with a dead man. So Yeah, it's it's kind of terrifying to think about. And I don't want to think about it too much. Um... (laughs) Kaiba eventually, like, confronts Yugi as they literally stand in the middle of the traffic, which is pretty great. In Yeah, in the middle of a crosswalk. Basically inviting him to his tournament. Um, and then um, they they eventually all duel. I think Yugi... Uh, uh, Yugi has a great moment in this movie where, like, Kaiba uh, wants to duel Diva uh, first and... Yugi's like, hey, Kaiba, fuck you. I got to save my friend. You better let me duel him. And Kaiba's just kind of like, <laughs> fine, but not because you told me to or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> I, 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 have to, I, I have to think that secretly Kaiba kind of respects Yugi more for standing up to him. Mm-hmm. I, I think so, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a whole other thing I really like, too, is that, um, like, the further you read on into the manga, especially during the final arc... It, there are actually a lot of moments where Yugi gets to like show his stuff like because eventually he gets to the point where like he can't just rely on the Pharaoh's skills for his duels or whatever and he has to like duel people himself and then we see that like oh Yugi's actually like a capable duelist without the Pharaoh um and yeah and that, that's also the whole point of his final duel with the Pharaoh as well but like it, and that kind of carries over into this movie where like yeah, like y- Yu-Gi-Oh went from, or uh, that's his full name, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, Yugi <laughs> went from being this really timid kid who couldn't stand up for himself, and now he's standing up to the, the biggest millionaire in the in the entirety of Domino City, or probably the world. 
I don't know. Um, and it's just, yeah. I remember in the theater being like, oh, shit. Like, just <laughs> just like really marking out like that. I think that was probably one of my favorite moments in the theater. Definite, definitely one of those moments where like I was hooting and hollering and laughing, uh, laughing and no one else was. And my friend got secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. Um, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Um, I got I got way too excited for this movie in theaters. Um, yeah, Yuki eventually duels Diva, uh, and he wins, and then he has to duel Kaiba, and eventually, like, uh, Yuki almost beats him. And like, I, it, in in my mind, I can't help but think like Kaiba's thinking in his mind, like, oh, my life points didn't go down zero immediately. That means I didn't lose, you know. Even though he clearly should have lost that duel, but it's fine. Um, yeah, he should have lost. And then Diva, basically through the power of the Millennium Ring, uh, is consumed by the evil in the ring and turns into this hideous monster thing. Uh, oh, it's the worst. It's so ugly, but it's so great, too. Um, and he has to duel Kaiba and Yugi. Uh, Kaiba basically sacrifices himself. Uh, Yugi gets to a point where, like, he just can't win. And, and the, the Pharaoh comes in, which... You know, I remember that being a thing where, like, when I watched this movie in theaters, like, uh, thinking, like, oh, man, it'd be really cool if, like, the Pharaoh did show up, but, like, I have to prepare myself for the possibility he won't, and then he does, and, like, and it, it's so cool. Like, he, like, you can make the argument it's kind of convenient that the Pharaoh has to come in and fix everything, but it does lead to that really great moment where, like, him and Yugi kind of, like, reunite for a moment, and they don't say anything to each other because that's how strong their friendship is. Like, you... Mm-hmm. like they they can they could read each other so well that like they don't even need to talk to each other and it's like probably the most beautiful thing in the movie quite honestly you know i don't i don't know how you can't love yeah, that it's a really good moment but i definitely did think that instead of the pharaoh it was because earlier in the film kaiba summons an egyptian god card yeah and everyone's like oh he shouldn't be able to do that because they're gone and i was like are we gonna see another god card here and then i was like oh yes the pharaoh. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing. He just pulls obelisk through the ground. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, and then like they're like, "You can't. Do- How can he do this?" And then that's it. <laughs> we don't know. They're, they're literally like, "You can't just you can't just summon a monster like that." And Kaiba's like, "No, he's a god. That's what makes a difference." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um. And then, yeah, we were kind of talking earlier, like, th- the day is saved. Uh, Aigami learns uh, what it means to not hate people. I'm going to say that's what the lesson was. If, yeah, if there was that's a lesson the lesson. Yeah. Um, he learns that even though he thought he wasn't hating people, he was. <laughs> you, can't, you can't change the world through hate. Only friendship. There we go. That's the lesson. Uh, and then, yeah, there's this whole thing where, like, Kaiba uses his, like, dual links hollow technology to, like, send himself <laughs> back into another dimension or time? To According to the Wikipedia, it's the afterlife. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought, too, but I wasn't sure. Um, and then the movie ends with him possibly about to duel against the Pharaoh. Which yeah, ugh, wild. That was a wild way to end this movie. Honestly, that was the only part of this movie I'd seen because someone just shared it on Twitter as a clip, and I just didn't think it was from this thing. And then it showed up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've seen this part." 
Yeah, that whole ending scene is wild. I wasn't prepared for that, even though I'd already seen that scene. Seeing it in context was wild. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... Man, I was just on such a high watching this movie in theaters that, like, by the time that ending came out, I was just like, oh, man. That was, like, one of the best things I've ever seen. (laughs) I can only imagine what it was like for, like, regular movie critics to see this in theaters and be like, I don't even get it. Like, it's not even a good movie or whatever. Yeah. Not, not realizing, like, like, this is literally the epilogue to the entirety of the original Yu-Gi-Oh, you know? Yeah, so um, Joanna Robledo from Common Sense Media says, uh, the complicated storyline is best appreciated by fans of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, that was her review. <laughs> I think that's fair, because it, it's also the same yeah. thing as, like, when, like, uh, uh like... I don't want to say it, but that's the only way I can say this. Normies, you know, uh, go out to see, like, <laughs> Demon Slayer Mugen Train and not realizing, yeah. like, oh, it's basically just, like, a long episode of the show, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to watch the series before this. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to review this? <laughs> oh, man. There's... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there's, like, so much I could say about this movie that, like, I took random notes on. Um but I feel like the, the the thing that comes to mind first is that Kaiba has a six pack in this movie and he definitely didn't have that before. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was just like, wow, wait, does Kaiba like lift weight? Does Kaiba like, is Kaiba really muscular? Like what's going on here? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he has to have like some kind of workout routine because I assume all rich billionaires do probably. But like, I don't know. And like, I don't think he was ever that ripped. I think... I think somebody wanted to make Kaiba as hot as possible. And they succeeded. I'm not going to lie, but like. It's very valid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what do you think of the bully characters? We didn't talk about them at all. Oh. Um, I have a note here that just says, don't bully, kids. I hated their designs. <laughs> That's so funny because I, I kind of like them, actually. Just because they're, they're like the signature Kazuki Takahashi ugly character design. Very much so. <laughs> so I, I kind of appreciate it for that. Um. I remember the I remember the bully characters getting a big laugh out of me in the theater with the way their dialogue was written. There's like the leader of the bully kids, which I'm like, is this a child or a 40 year old man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he was pretty great. Uh, hold on. I think I have some of their excellent dialogue written down here uh, where they meet up with Aigami in the abandoned building or whatever to film their how to bully video. Um, and I, I laughed, especially when they were like. I believe we were at the part where you start crying like a baby. Uh, and one of them one of them goes, ah, he don't cry, Scott. We got ways to make him. And this is how they and this is how they actually sound too. Um and then he yeah. and then he follows that up with, and it don't involve an onion. And I <laughs> yeah, that and, and and then when Aigami starts using his powers, he's literally like, and eh, we were serious about the onion. And it's, <laughs> This is what I mean where, like, some of the dialogue in this movie, I think, is punched up, like, to the right amount. You know? Like, mm-hmm. like the like the, the script for this movie, I don't think is totally, like, incomprehensible or, like, too different from the original. Like, I, 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 think, I think you can get mostly the same experience from this. Well, yes and no. Like, a, as far as, like, the plot of the movie, like, it's all still there, you know? There's no weird, like, there's no weird, like, changes, like... 
this isn't like one piece where they literally took out the laboon arc and, re- and replaced him with like a, I, with like a um what was it uh I, I lost the word for it an ice sculpture that's not what you call it. an ice cap that's what you call it um <laughs> like they're, they're they're not just like editing out parts of the movie or whatever like it's it's still mostly the same movie but like i do appreciate the level of touch uh, the touch up that they went through with the dialogue for this movie it, especially when yugi starts summoning like all of his fruit magician girls. Yes. And, and all the like weird fruit <laughs> jokes that they make. I thought those were fun. Like I thought those were appropriate. Kai- Kaiba's just like, you dare fight me with fruit. <laughs> <laughs> that that got a big laugh in my theater when I when I first watched that. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to think. I'm just now I'm just kind of going through my notes, making sure I'm I'm not like forgetting yeah. to bring up anything, but like uh Man, I don't know. It, it was just so fun to see this movie. And I'm I'm glad that they got back all of the original act. I mean as far as like the main cast, like I think they got back pretty much everybody. I think the only person they couldn't get back was whoever had voiced Yugi's grandpa in the original. Yeah, because she passed away. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I always thought that Kaiba and Tristan had the same voice actor, but I think I was wrong. Yeah, I, I think I think they're two different actors. Um, Tristan's so interesting to me because like he's just kind of the normal guy in the group, you know. Like, yeah, everybody's going on about how, like, after they graduate, like, Otea's going to be a dancer or uh, Yugi's going to make a new game. Joey's going to become a pro duelist. And Tristan's just like, my dad's going to make me work in his factory. Like, that's a good, well-paying union job, Tristan. (laughs) I'm going to work at a boring factory where there's no card games. My life's going to (laughs) suck. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm happy for him. Like I'm, I'm sure it's not like the most exciting job, but like I have to assume it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's gonna be a pretty stable living. You're gonna make mm-hmm. probably a better salary than anyone else in your group, probably. Um, <laughs> Yugi's not gonna make any money ever. <laughs> I can, I, you know, I have to imagine that like when his grandpa eventually dies, he's just gonna get that game shop. I would really like to know how well his game shop does on a monthly basis. <laughs> the game shop in 2020 <laughs> yeah i i don't know that, that that's just it. like because i i have to imagine that game shop is just full of old analog games that like probably no one gives a shit about like like a it, it's 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 more like probably like a hobby lobby or something you know where it's like probably <laughs> probably a lot of model kits probably a lot of like board games like shoots and ladders or whatever you know and sure you got like trading <laughs> cards there but like I feel like that could only give you so much revenue, you know? So actually, I worked at a comic book store for five years, but we also sold board games. Uh There was like a board game renaissance. Like board games were just popping off like nobody's business. We were outselling board games were outselling comics just every single month Mm -hmm. until the paper shortage. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe Yugi's grandpa's doing great. Uh, Maybe I don't know how board games are doing in Japan, but in America, before the badness occurred, they were doing great. <laughs> no, honestly, I I could see that. Like I, you kind of forget how like how well board games are doing, and like 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 I feel like that, and to even more of an extent, D and D are still pretty big now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a, a lot of people are into that kind of stuff. So like you know, I I, I guess that's a fair point. I, I hadn't really thought about that actually. Um, Oh, um, one random thing I really liked is um, yeah, the the beginning of the movie where like they're all heading to school and everything. Uh, and it, it, Joey's almost late, and like 
him getting through the school gate before like their gym teacher can uh, close it or whatever. I I feel like we've really missed out on on a dynamic between Joey and the school and this gym teacher that we could have seen in the original because <laughs> like it feels like they could have had like a funny dynamic because because th there's that bit where like Joey's dreaming uh, about Kaiba and Kaiba making fun of him for being poor basically. Um, yeah. And he falls off the blimp and he wakes up during their like graduation rehearsal. And uh, he's like, oh, man, was I dreaming? And the gym teacher literally comes up on stage and goes, you better wake up. It'll be a nightmare or whatever. Like, <laughs> I remember that got a pretty good laugh in the theater, too. Um, I just I just feel like we're 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 missing out on a dynamic there that could have been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't really get to see them at school in the original show because they're all just trapped on an island for a very long time. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, school's boring. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta play more card games. I mean, if only they had adapted the original arcs from the manga. As much as I love that early portion of the manga for how like weird and experimental it is, I've tried watching "quote unquote" season zero, and honestly, it's it's just so old at this point. I don't know. It, it, mm -hmm. it was it was kind of hard for me to sit through. It just wasn't really that interesting. Kaiba just looks like a sad Victorian child. <laughs> It's and it's a shame because I, I I love that stuff from the manga, but because mm -hmm. th there was this point where um they were really hyping up like a new Yu Gi Oh anime, and I and I thought like oh this is gonna be like a like a reboot of the original show like done um like staying faithful to the manga or whatever because I I really think if if somebody came out and was like yeah we're gonna animate Yu Gi Oh from the beginning and just do all, like basically adapt it faithfully. Uh, more so than the original did, or I should say the last two TV series did. Um, you know, I, I think people would be into that, but then it turned out like, oh, it, it's a new you, uh, new anime called Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, and it doesn't really look like Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> at all. Here you go. And I, I've never been so disappointed in my entire life. Yeah, that's like when I found out about Digimon app monsters, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's not Digimon, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think, um, is there anything else we could talk? I, 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 I feel like I've brought up like all, all, all of like the important things I wanted to talk about. Well, I do know I just discovered that, um, Six Flags promoted this movie at their theme parks. <laughs> oh, I had no idea about this. That sounds amazing. Yeah, they, um, were giving out like lanyards and also doing Yu-Gi-Oh! card game demonstrations. Oh, that, so that sounds cool. I would have loved to see that. Yeah, I remember being at Colossal Con in 2016, and they were, like, handing out, like, lanyards and, and like, materials. I don't know who involved with this was, like, there, but they were definitely, like, a sponsor because, like, there was, like, ads everywhere, like, new Yu-Gi-Oh thing. So I have a lot of stuff from it. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds cool as shit. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did a screening of it or anything. I think they were just like giving out freebies. Like, don't forget Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, I mean, just in general, I guess I, I'm assuming you had a fun time watching this. I had a really fun time. I think this is a really fun anime movie. Um, as far it, it feels like, you know, an anime franchise film. Mm -hmm. But this, the, I think the pacing was pretty solid. Even if I didn't entirely know what Diva's whole shtick was, yeah, I think the the battles were pretty cool. Um, it felt like big. It felt epic. The animation was more impressive than the shows was. So oh, you yeah. know, it looked more like a theatrical budget. Um, 
they had like enough like oh yeah moments where you get like really hyped about this it, it just it felt pretty solid i think it was great i had a good time <laughs> that's good because I, I i will admit i was a little afraid as much as i wanted to talk about this movie and gush about it i was kind of afraid that like it was going to be one of those things where it's like um uh, if you're if you're not as into the show and you're not as invested like i i was afraid like i wasn't sure how super into into it you were going to be because uh, that's my thing is like I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, nobody can enjoy this movie, but I, I do wonder if, like, depending on your familiarity with the franchise, like, like I guess how enjoyable this would be to some people. Yeah, I do think, yeah, I do think people who had no idea about anything in the franchise might not enjoy it. Um, like I said, I guess I just had, like, a lot of residual memories <laughs> from, like, childhood. Yeah. Where I remembered these characters, and so it felt familiar to me anyway. So I'm not the person to be like, oh, yeah, I still had a good time with this without any Yu-Gi-Oh! knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, I can't gauge how effective it is to just, like, a general audience. But I had a good time. I was, you you, you were like, let's watch this. And I was like, cool, we'll be able to talk about this. This this will be cool. Um and I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I think it was really cool. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And again, also speaking as somebody who like went through their like first read through of like the entirety of the manga, which th that was in and of itself was an experience. Like you can you could just read all of Yukio on the Shonen Jump app, which is really cool. Um, really? Yeah. Um, OK, so so here here's a small little primer uh, for the Yu-Gi-Oh manga, mm -hmm. because uh, when they were bringing over the manga stateside, uh, it was so popular, obviously, at the time that, like, because uh, the manga's, like, 40 volumes long? It's somewhere in that book. Wow. It's, sorry, it's 38 volumes long. So it's pretty long. Um, and so, obviously, they started from the beginning. And if they were to start from the beginning and release it, normally it would have taken forever to have it, ta uh, you know, to get it out over here. So what they did was that uh, they basically released, like, three separate versions of the, like, three separate parts of the manga at the same time so they could get it out faster. Wow. Um, wow. So so if you go onto the Shonen Jump app and you see, like, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Millennium World, that's that's all the original manga. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and I was told that by Jason Thompson, uh, Thompson himself, who was an editor on the manga, so there's that. Wow, that's wild! I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that either until he told me uh, on our Manga Mavericks episode. And um, you know, because for the longest time, I was like, "Why do they have it like divided up? It's so stupid!" And then when he re and when he like told me that, I was like, "Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I I, I could see I could see the reasoning behind that now." Because I I, mm -hmm. I genuinely did not understand for the longest time like why it was like that. Um, which I mean. I totally understand them wanting to like get the manga out as fast as possible because of how popular it was back in the day. But like, I I do think it does make it a little confusing for people who think like, oh, I could just read the first seven volumes of Yu-Gi-Oh and then that's it. When like, again, D Duelist is basically like everything that like everyone else would know, like Duelist Kingdom and Battle City and everything. And then mm -hmm. basically Millennium World is like just the final arc of the manga. So wow, that's cool, though. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a little bit confusing, but as as, as long as you know that, like, you know, you, you could basically just read those three separate uh, entries and like, if you're not interested in the spinoffs, I totally understand because, I mean, admittedly, I haven't read the manga version of, of those spinoffs, even though like, I've seen most of GX and from what I've seen, like, I know I like GX a lot. I, I need to like do a rewatch mm -hmm. of that at some point. And eventually I want to get to 5Ds, but like, 
I don't know if I, I don't know if I really have an interest in like everything else, but I mean, if people tell me if enough people tell me it's good, maybe I'll try it. But that's just me. Yeah, I feel like the character designs of like the newer stuff, like so, like Vexel. I I don't know. It's I, either they just Vexel look very or spiky. Zeal. I don't know how you pronounce it, honestly. Zeal. Yeah, just the character designs are a little busier than I like, but also I think at this point maybe I'm not the target demographic. So no, I I, I same probably. Um, and mm-hmm. either way, Kazuki Takahashi's probably a millionaire at this point. So like, yeah, as long as he's making money, it's fine. But ba- basically, this this entire franchise, like, it's kind of interesting because like it basically accidentally became the biggest card game in the world. You know. It's so wild. Like, it didn't start out as just the card game. It was this, this series about a bunch of other games. And then they were like, well, here's the card game. And now it's, like, one of the top selling. <laughs> yeah, like, like pe- people were literally calling into Shueisha and being like, hey, uh, where, where can I, like, buy these cards? <laughs> or yeah. Uh, and, like, I don't, know if, I don't know if you know this also, but, like, because um, I, I think they call it Dual Monsters eventually. Like, it wasn't always called Dual Monsters. I think originally it was literally called, like, Magic and Wizards. Like, like, <laughs> like it was literally supposed to, like, Dual Monsters in Yu-Gi-Oh! was supposed to be the equivalent of Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it basically just became another Magic the Gathering, and nobody knew it. Wow. And then Magic the Gathering was Dual Masters, and then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, Dual Masters, that's a whole other thing that, like, I yeah. definitely remember watching a bit of the show... I would, you know what? I would totally be up for going back through that old dub because I remember that being really funny. <laughs> like, I, I think I would like unironically enjoy that now if I watched it again. I found a Dual Masters card um, a couple weeks ago. Oh wow! <laughs> or no, a couple months ago. Um, when I was like getting like the second dose of the vaccine, mm-hmm. they had me go back to this like um, I was at this big grocery store. It's called a Meyer. <laughs> oh wow! Um, they had everyone funnel into like this what is a where was a warehouse where they kept stuff, but they'd removed all of the racks. So there was like you could see this spot where there had been a rack and there was like all of the dirt. And mm. then there was just a dual master's card sitting in the dirt there. And I was like, wow. Oh wow. That's <laughs> what a relic. <laughs> oh man. And I almost picked it up, but my mom was just like, no. <laughs> this must be a thousand years old. <laughs> Older than time. Oh man, um, did this make you want to get into any other Yu-Gi-Oh stuff? Did this, did this spark a passion in you? No. No. I mean that's that's so fine too. I, I was I was mostly just curious. Yeah, I own a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. It might actually be right over here, um, because I worked at. I'm yelling because my mic's a little further away now, but you hear me the same volume. This is a gag that we do here. Um, <laughs> I have this drawer of junk that I rifle through every so often. It's not in that drawer, but. I worked at a comic book store. We also sold cards. And my coworkers and I were like, yeah, we're all going to get Yu-Gi-Oh decks. And we're all going to play Yu-Gi-Oh. And so we all bought our decks and then we never played Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> together. <laughs> oh, man. I have played before, but I've forgotten all rules. I I know I have cards somewhere. And there there was a point after I read the manga where I like where I, I basically made made it my life's mission to, like, gather every card from Joey's deck and make a Joey deck. Because um, as a kid, when I was getting into the card game, like, I had, think I think I had, like, all the starter decks. Like, I had Joey's, I had Pegasus's starter deck. Mm-hmm. Um, th- This might be the only two I bought. I don't know if I had a Yu-Gi-Oh! Kaiba one. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, you know, because 
I, I'm, I, you know, I maybe I could just say Joey's my favorite character because, like, right, right now, as far as the scales of my heart go, they're kind of they're kind of tipping in his direction. It's really one of those things where it's like, depending on what day you ask me, I'm gonna give you a different answer, and that's mm-hmm. and that's that's a uh, that should say a lot because usually I like to think of a pretty decisive guy when it comes to like, hey, what's your favorite? This, like, I I I, I know what <laughs> I like, but it's so hard for me to choose. Um, but anyway, uh. Yeah, but no, I I don't know if I've collected all of his cards at this point, but I I might need to get back on that. Thankfully, a lot of his cards aren't like too super expensive to get or whatever. It's not it's not like trying to get like an original Blue Eyes White Dragon or something, um, or like a God card. <laughs> the Charizard or whatever. of the the Yu Gi Oh franchise. <laughs> I want to say like I don't know if it's like a rare card, but I remember when like Shonen Jump would still have like Yu Gi Oh cards in their magazines. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and kids would like sort through the Shonen Jumps to pick out the cards or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, they eventually had to start putting them in plastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure I have a Dark Magician drawn by Kazuki Takahashi. Oh, that's cool. Um, there was that. And then, um, you know what? I think for the Blu-ray for this movie, I think it also came... I'd have to look because I think it's still in my DVD pack. But I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure if I look look in there right now, I'll find an obelisk of the tormentor drawn by Takahashi as well. Ooh, so so cool. I, I have like I have like cool promotional stuff like that that I'm I'm never gonna give up. Um they, they will they will be my family inheritance. My 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 grandson, uh decades from now, that'll be his his inheritance are my dark magician and obelisk of the tormentor. <laughs> Did you get a card when you went to go see it in theaters? Um you know, I don't remember. I don't remember if it came. I, I'm sure they probably did a promotion, but you know, honestly, I don't remember. Actually, I, I wanna, I wanna say that, like, I wanna say that they were, they were handing out ob- obelisk as well during the theatrical run, mm. but I think it might have gotten to a point where, like, I don't think they had those anymore. So I think ah. so. Or, or like whatever they didn't have, they just started putting them in the in the Blu-rays or whatever. I'd I'd have to look it up. I actually don't know off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've seen this in theaters. But I, I twenty sixteen feels like forever ago. It really does. Um, mm-hmm. I for for reference, I watched I watched this movie in theaters before I had my own apartment, so it was a very long long time ago. <laughs> but before I graduated into being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I, I graduated along with Yugi and his friends. <laughs> yes, I I don't know. I I don't know if there's anything else we want to say about this movie other than it's it's really good, and I'm glad I got to watch it, and I'm probably gonna watch it like five more times at least. <laughs> yeah, um, everyone, if you're a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh and you haven't watched this movie, definitely do. Um, even if you just watched the show when you were a kid and you liked it, definitely watch this because it kind of feels like a nice send off to the series. Um, and Kaiba travels to hell. So, <laughs> uh, the the eternal hell of him constantly losing to the Pharaoh, never to win. <laughs> A hell of his own making. He wanted this. <laughs> uh, he made the choice. Can't feel too sorry for him. He did. I mean, so he wants to defeat the Pharaoh himself. But if Yugi defeated the Pharaoh, couldn't he like? If he proves he's better than Yugi, doesn't that also prove that he's better than the Pharaoh? Think about it. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. Actually, actually, you know what? Um, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I remember at first just being in awe of it. 
because it looked amazing mm-hmm. and still does. Um, but I remember seeing that because it, it it has that bit where like Kaiba's in the space in his space station, uh, you know, just staring at the Millennium Puzzle, him just looking like dead eyed as all hell and just thinking. And I think it was one of the few times where like I really felt sorry for him. Like it, it it's it's like I said earlier. Like I like this movie because it gives Kaiba the chance to like. Uh, to like c- confront the loss of the Pharaoh himself, which is not something he had. Um, he had the chance to do in the series originally. So yeah, again, like th- that's a, that's a, that's something I really love about this movie is that again, it's not just a nostalgic ca- cash grab for the sake of being a nostalgic cash grab. Like there's a reason for this movie to exist and it, it, it builds upon stuff that the original series didn't have time to really explore. And so I, it, again, with, with this movie literally being written by Kazuki Takahashi himself, like, I think that makes a lot of sense. And like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just so good. I think it's a really fulfilling movie in terms of like, an actual meaningful addition to like the Yu-Gi-Oh canon, I think. And I think that's a, another reason why I love this movie so much. Awesome. I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you so much for coming on, Colton, and talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. This was a great movie. Um and yeah, we don't really have a send off here. So, um, bye. <laughs> bye, guys. And then the theme song plays, and that's the end. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, 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 if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps to show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.